the Workforce Connections podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the WC podcast. Today, we have a very special guest from UNLV Economic Development, Bo Bernard. Bo, welcome. Thanks for having me. This will be fun. Yes. You, you know, I always say um, you are interesting for many reasons, but again, I think it's less and less now, but you are one of those rare born and, and bred, born and raised here in Las yeah. Vegas. My parents uh, went to Red Rock Elementary, fell in love there. My grandparents went to Vegas High. So yeah, we've been here a while, seen a lot of change, obviously, a lot of evolution, but it's been fun to be a part of that evolution. Right now, you and I get to play a role in, in, the, in the positive change that we're both trying to affect with our organizations. We do. I love your stories when we go to lunch about how you used to ride on uh, fields or <laughs> dirt things that are now buildings and it's institutions. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I oversee this Harry Reid uh, tech park where I'm pretty sure I used to chase lizards in that same right. desert like years and years ago. And uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Again, we just never imagined there would be such a huge population boom in, in my hometown here. Well, let's get started there. The, the Harry Reid Park, the Blackfire Innovation Center, for anybody who's listening and hasn't been there, you got to go there. And if you can get Bo Bernard to give you a personal tour, it's even better, right? Do. I, I love that. Tell us about that building, because every time I go, you share with me some of the new things happening. UNLV, you know, be, uh, convenes multiple partners there, uh, again, to to drive, foster, and, and execute on technologies that are going to make the hospitality sector better. So tell us about what yeah. happens in that building. So it's a, it's a really cool vision, and we owe a tremendous amount of gratitude to Senator Harry Reid, who set aside this land for the university many years ago. Our current president, Keith Whitfield, who you've also had, of course, on this podcast, uh, used to work at a place called called Research Triangle Park when he was a Duke University professor. That is a place that the three universities nearby, UNC, NC State, and Duke, have all worked together to really create kind of the Silicon Valley of the East Coast. And it's transformed what used to be a pretty one-dimensional kind of tobacco economy, right, into a very diversified and potent economy with all sorts of innovation hubs that rely on the university's labs and innovation to drive it. So that's the vision for us as well. Like a lot of things in Las Vegas, we're younger, we're newer, but we've hit the ground running. And whereas, so at the tech park that Duke has, that I just mentioned, they have 300 companies. Uh, we just hit 100. We actually have 104 now. And that ranges from companies like Microsoft, whose market cap is at $2 trillion, to lots and lots and lots of single-person, two-person startups uh, who are often UNLV students who have an idea and the university is still there even after they graduate to support them in pursuing that idea and creating businesses. I love walking with you because whether it's a robot that's following you around, <laughs> whether it's the cool you know, screens that are 3D. The last time I went, again, it's always something new, but you showed me this uh, room of the future with sheets. Yeah. That are very, very special. So I'll let you tell us a little <laughs> bit about those sheets. And, and then also of all of this technology, after you tell us about the sheets, are we going to see some of this in hotels someday soon? Good question. Yeah, I mean, for all of the fun robots we walk by and the 3D televisions and all these spectacular sites, maybe the most amazing technology in the whole place are the Purelin bedsheets. Uh, one of the principals is Eric Eisenberg. Uh, he's um, a member of the UNLV alumni board. He's UNLV through and through. And what they've invented is the world's first zero water bedsheet. So instead of this going into a laundry machine that uses tens 
of thousands of gallons of water a day when you're talking about 5,000 room hotels like the ones that you used to run in engineer, right? It goes into a Pureland machine, which instead of washing it with water, it melts it at really high temperatures into really small sort of spherical pellets. Those then get reconstituted in another part of the machine into a brand new bed sheet, zero water. Now, I don't know if you've noticed when you and I fly into town, but there's a big bathtub ring around our Lake Mead, right? Water, kind of a problem here in the desert Southwest, but this is what you hope your universities do. This is why you hope to have great universities in your home communities, is to go after the really difficult problems with science, with technology, with research, with labs, with innovation, that ultimately, hopefully, become companies. We hope, of course, Pearland becomes a really big company that then employs a whole lot of folks, and then they come work with Workforce Connections, and we, uh, we create an even better workforce. We do it too, Bo, because I know our listeners are thinking, yeah, that sounds too good to be true. I probably <laughs> touched those sheets and it feels like sandpaper. It's I'm amazing. here to tell you, because you let me touch them, they are like 1,200, you know. They uh, really are. Yeah, yeah, they are like Egyptian cotton, 1,200 thread, unbelievably it, it soft. It really is amazing. Hard yeah. to believe that it is. And so, again, the best of both worlds. Uh, we are in the news today because of water. I said the water problems. The federal government is, again, I think now saying that we have to reduce our water, all of the users of the Colorado Basin. And so, again, why not uh, turn to technology. And yeah. so I'm grateful for um, for the fire innovation and all of the stuff that uh, you guys are doing there at Black Fire. <laughs> yep. So another thing I wanted to talk to you about was that, as you know, Workforce Connections recently partnered with the LVGA and the local chambers of commerce and the governor's office of economic development to publish now our third workforce blueprint, which focuses on the target industries to diversify our economy. Again, we all know that hospitality and mining are our core industries. Uh, you know, I spent 20 years in, in hospitality. Yes, but for, for the past decade now, we've been trying to, again, grow our, our, the base of our economy here right. in, in our state. And so uh, the, the Workforce Blueprint really focuses not just on those seven target industries, but also the occupation and skill sets needed for those industries. Tell us why, uh, and from your opinion, why is it important to make sure that when it comes to workforce development, which is what Workforce mm -hmm. Connections sure, does, sure. we start first with the industry side and their needs. Yeah, it, it, and I'll, I'll share that I believe that for a lot of the history of the university, universities haven't been great at this, right? We've been sort of ivory tower and we you know, produce an education and it's kind of siloed. Um, when it really is organizations like Workforce Connections that inspire us because you've got it right and you put it exactly right. You start with the industry, right? We do that at Blackfire Innovation where we'll ask the industry, what are your problems, right? And they'll say, you know, water. And then we'll try to create a technological solution. What you guys do and what we increasingly do alongside you is we say, okay, what are your workforce problems? Okay, now let's go after it and try to help, uh, you know, educate a populace uh, to perhaps shift. You and I talk a lot about automation and what that means and the ways in which we might be able to create better jobs in the future uh, around those particular industries. But that's our passion, right? That's what we want to do. We're all educators. Uh, we're all obviously community folks who are trying to make a better workforce. And Bo, uh, you know, we all are a, a team and we've had here um, President Whitfield from UNLV. He sat in that chair a couple of weeks ago uh, and the staff was, again, hugely impressed uh, with him. 
We've had another superstar from your team, Jamie Schwartz here. Jamie Schwartz, yeah. Uh, you know, she, uh, again, uh, was impressive. But today the staff gave me some notes on you. Uh-oh. Uh, they were just as impressive, not more. They said, you know, Bo has been published in multiple top journals. His projects have been featured in local and national media outlets. He's directed tens of millions of dollars to university-driven projects. They want to know what drives Bo Bernard. Where do you get <laughs> the energy to get all this done? So that's a kind way to put it. Um, like, like all of us, right? Uh, I, I wake up every day and try to do your job that particular day. Um, but at base, as we said earlier, I'm a kid from Las Vegas. I believe in this town. I've watched it grow up. Uh, and I went away to college. Uh, I don't know if I've told you this story. I know you're a football fan, original football. Yeah. Um, the one you actually play with the one your you actually, Yeah, the one that the, <laughs> the whole world plays, including our friends in, in Peru. Uh, and when they announced the starting lineup in my college soccer football team, they announced the hometown. And I had a professor come up to me after a game and say, hey, you're from Las Vegas? That's a really interesting economy. What a strange thing to grow up in the shadows of the bright lights. What was that like? He asked me to write a paper on that. And I loved writing this paper, right? A lot of times you get papers from your professors and it's not the most exciting thing that, you, you know, that you're writing on. But I found my, my passion, right? I found that I love to talk about this hospitality economy that you and I love to talk about. Um, you know, my family, like you, uh, you know, have, have decades and decades and decades in the hospitality industry. And these are the people on whose back the entire success of this community and growth of this community resides. It's on those many, many, many people's backs that Las Vegas' Las Vegas's success is owed. And so I was fascinated by it. I was lucky to get a good teacher, as many of us were, right, at one point, who was inspired by me and in turn inspired me uh, to pursue something that I never even imagined could be a job, right? Like looking at the economies around these bright lights, which he thought was sort of a neat little, you know, aspect of uh, of my life, uh, but it's turned into an entire career. And Bo, one of the things I think uh, uh, that our listeners would love to hear more about, this: the, the sheet story is a tasty morsel of information, <laughs> right? And yeah. uh, I remember an LVGA presentation where you shared, and I know there's stuff you can't share too, but there was a really cool discovery uh, and development that happened in your building yes. that had to do with, you know, um, energy and how you could produce, you know, uh, energy without the dissipation. Yes, and yes. Uh, so I'd like you to tell us a little bit, sure. if not that one, another cool technology no, story like that. That one's really cool. And I don't know that all of us in Las Vegas, and this is partly our fault at UNLV, know that UNLV has become a powerhouse university where people like Ash Salamat was who I was talking about. We recruited him in from the Harvard Physics Department. He knew that at UNLV, he could pursue the question of the holy grail of physics, which is superconducting. So we live in a semiconducting world. We've all heard of semiconductors. What semiconducting means is that energy is sort of conducting or like half sort of conducted, right? In other words, it starts here, it ends up here, and less energy is at point B than when it started at point A. Superconducting is the holy grail because it means you send energy from point A to point B with no, no loss. loss of energy, right? So this had been posited as possible. It had been achieved by a Nobel Prize winning scientist at minus 400 degrees because if you make it really, really cold, then you don't lose heat, therefore you don't lose energy. Ash Salamat, did it for the first time in the history of human beings. We went from a semiconducting people of planet Earth to a superconducting people two years ago, not at Los Alamos, not at Oxford University in England, 
on Maryland Parkway wow. in Las Vegas, Nevada, in a lab that 30,000 super diverse, super impressive UNLV students walk by every day. They probably don't realize that this happened there. But what this means is, if you think about, again, the future of our workforce, think of, of course, the, the potential of our solar energy in this state. We've all talked about this for some time. But think about, too, how Texas, remember how Texas's energy grid went off the grid, right? Like all shut down, even though Austin's this super trendy tech place. Their energy grid shut down. Well, the next time that happens, potentially, we could send them all the energy that we harvest from, say, central Nevada and beds upon beds of solar energy, send it through Ashes Technology wow. all the way out to Texas, and it'll arrive in Texas with exactly as much energy as we had as we sent it from here. We could power Peru, yeah. right? We could power any place on Earth, theoretically, by virtue of having achieved superconductivity. This changes every device that you touch. It potentially changes the economy of energy itself. And once more, this is what you want your universities to do. This is what your UNLV is doing today. Yep, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with yeah, us. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, before I ask you about the future, I wanted to make sure here on our um, on our YouTube channel, we're going to put a link here on the screen with us. If somebody wants to learn more about what's happening at Blackfire UNLV, what link should they go to? So absolutely, you know, if you Google Blackfire Innovation, Blackfire is actually the state's gem uh, stone. And uh, that is, that'll get you to a good place. Um, we also have done several talks on this. You mentioned the LVGEA talk. Uh, we did a TED talk called Why Las Vegas is Smart. And it actually, uh, you'd like this one, Jaime. It really, um, I think, values the way in which the social intelligence of the average hospitality worker is perhaps not measured by IQ or GPA or some of the old school sort of ways to measure smarts. But actually, social intelligence is way, way more important. And so our extremely socially intelligent workforce, I would argue we probably have the most socially intelligent workforce in the nation, is a super powerful uh, you know, group of, of human beings. And so Why Las Vegas is Smart uh, is, uh, an, is a TED Talk that goes after exactly that. I love it. Well, our listeners are going to be looking for that then. <laughs> uh, so your, the final question here, when it comes to the future, uh, what is your vision for the Blackfire Innovation Center? What do you see happening five years from now? So I'm a big believer in what we've recently called and trademarked at Blackfire, the fun economy. So in 2019, an amazing thing happened on planet Earth. For the first time in human history, the number had been creeping up. One in $10 pesos Europe that were spent on the entire planet, what we call gross world product, was spent on tourism which is an amazing thing, right? That one in 10 of any units of, 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 of money um, was spent on going from one part of the earth to another part of the earth. Well, guess who's really smart at that? We are, of course. But the other smart thing that we're doing is we're diversifying across what we call a fun economy. The sports economy is about to hit 1% of the world's economy. And the entertainment economy more generally going into things like video games and movies and all the ways that there are to have fun uh, is another 5 to 6%. So 15%-ish of the world's economy is now the fun economy. Now there are many, many cities that were built on the back of manufacturing, for example. Manufacturing's 11% of the economy, right? And, and good for them, right? It's good for those cities like, uh, like St. Louis where they would manufacture things uh -huh. and then put it on the river and then ship it to another place, right? We need that, right? But Las Vegas doesn't have anything to be embarrassed about when the economy that we're known for already, even as we diversify from that, is of course increasingly strong uh, and it's only gonna 
going to get bigger. You asked about the future as, for example, South America's middle class grows, right? As uh, China's middle class grows, as India's middle class grows. Um, the growth of the middle class globally is an underreported phenomenon. And as a consumer force, the first thing that you buy after you've bought everything you need is fun. Mm. And Las Vegas is pretty good at that. So I think we're going to continue to diversify away from our old core fun industries into all sorts of new core fun industries and all sorts of industries that we haven't even imagined. As I like that uh, because I know you and I are going to be f some of the first ticket uh, season ticket holders for a football club if we that's get right. One, that's a, a right. That's right. We need a real soccer. football. F U T B O L. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so um, I think um, one of the things that I see in the future for us is obviously you kindly hosted the launch of our information and communications yeah. technology at the Blackfire Innovation. One of the seven we're go we we've launched three, and we have four to go. And one of the ones that's very interesting, as defined in the workforce blueprint, is called creative industries yeah. and esports as you said is squarely in there so we'll be calling you uh, very good yep to, to to talk about the launch of that uh, industry sector partnership where we're going to try to gather the employers the stakeholders of that industry and see how we can again align our skill acquisition partners the talent development line to make sure that we support the growth of that industry because it's going to be huge here isn't oh, it it's brilliant and it is creative it is storytelling right it might seem weird uh, to those of us who've been around the block a few times. But video game creation is an incredibly creative process of storytelling in the same way that movie making is storytelling. And so the creatives, the fine arts, right? The, I think there are some who might mistakenly believe that there's no place for the artists in an increasingly technological world when actually the opposite's true, right? We need more creative content as technologies allow us to tell different kinds of stories using different formats, different tech. Uh, and again, things we haven't even imagined as yet. Well, Bo, I love talking to you. Uh, I think we're going to have to power part two. We can always do that. I'll come back here anytime. Awesome, Bo. We're going to thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Jaime. So that's it for another episode of this podcast. We hope to see you at the next one. And until then, stay safe.